0: Hi, everyone. Don here. Welcome to Friday Night Stripes. Uh, we've got Ron Wright on with us today, but just wanted to talk uh, about a couple things real quick before we talk to Ron. Um, so I've had a, a lot of people ask for the, the, the 40, 25-second play cards um, that, that I put together. Um, I sent out uh, almost 120 envelopes, almost 700 cards so far um so i that that was an overwhelming response it was great and and i'm so glad um that they they seemed helpful to people um gotten a lot of feedback that that people have seen them they've received them they, they think they look great some people have asked for more for their associations or people in their associations um more than happy to do it so i i, I at the end of the day, I do this podcast because this didn't exist when I when I started almost five years ago, and it's I want to bring knowledge, and it's not it's not necessarily my knowledge because I'm still learning. Um, it, it's knowledge from all over the place, and and if I can bring that in a lot of different ways, whether it's by podcast or whether it's by making a quick reference card, uh, I'm more than happy to do it. Um, we're getting real close to the season here. I'm um, going to be changing the format, as I've discussed, um, probably starting next week. Uh, we'll have one more regular episode, and then I'll start releasing on Thursdays um, what I'm going to call uh, just pregame episodes. And these are going to be probably 15, 20-minute episodes on one aspect of, the, uh, of, of officiating, whether it's kickoffs or passing plays or blocking um, there's probably going to be about 15 to 20 of these pre-game episodes. And, and the idea is that you potentially can listen to these um, on the way to your game. Listen to one or two, refresh your, your brain on a couple things, get, get you in the mindset on your trip to the game, um, and hopefully they're helpful. I'm, I, I, I want input on everything that, that I put out there. If I say something wrong, I want to hear about it um, because I can go back and fix it most of the time. Um, and and I want to make sure I get things right because I don't want to be putting bad information out there so the other thing we're going to be doing once we get further into the season is um, review episodes where I'll, I'll talk about situations that happened in games of mine to this point to that point of the season or if you all will participate and and send me um, situations I'll include those as well whether whether you want your name attached to them or not what I don't want to do though is is make it to where we talk about a play and somebody, uh, and and I say, John John Johnson uh, was the wing was the headlinesman for Central versus Midwest on August thirty first, and this play happened. I, I'm I have no intention of doing that. It's more, we received a play situation from John. Here's what the play situation was. And that'll be it. And it's going to be very hard for anybody to piece together what game that came from necessarily. Um, But I I want you all to to send in um, situations so that we can help educate everyone on on different things that different officials have seen. Because that's going to make us all better. So uh, let's get to talking with Ron here. Today I have Ron Wright on uh, with us from North Dakota. Welcome, Ron.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, for sure. So Ron, Ron was one of the clinicians at the um, Sioux Empire uh, Football Officiating Clinic that I went to over the summer, and he gave one of the uh, introductory or, or the first uh, talk that, that everybody was a part of. Um, it was geared a little bit more towards those who were there for the first time, but, uh, I thought it was a great talk for just about anybody. It was, to me, it was kind of one of those talks that, that gets you going, um, got you in the, in the mood, got you in the spirit to, to do a lot of learning over the next day, um, and, and really get you ready for football season. So, um, wanted to have Ron on to talk just a little bit with us. So, um, so thanks, Ron. Um, Ron, would you would you walk us through how you got started when you got started what brought you into into officiating?
1: Well, it's just kind of one of those things that you know kind of happens by hook or crook, you know, uh this will be my I think it'll be my 43rd year of high school football officiating this fall. Wow. And uh yeah it's it's a long time but i don't know how i got to be this old all of a sudden but it happened <laughs> but but uh, i started in dickinson north dakota and spent five years there had some friends that that uh kind of got me interested in football and uh by golly uh in those five years uh uh i was mentored by some really good people that kind of took me under their wing and and challenged me uh to uh, not only be a wing uh, back then, I was a little skinnier and a little quicker than I am now, probably. But but uh, I was a wing, and we did a lot of four-man crews back then, and uh, uh, some even three-man crews. So I could teach you about some three-man mechanics wow. if you ever <laughs> want to do that. But uh, uh, and and then when I came to Williston here in North Dakota, we're uh, we're about 75 miles from Canada and about uh, 20 from Montana, so we're up in the northwest part of North Dakota and came here in 81 and been here ever since and uh, I don't know I just once I got by those first few years football was just a part of the fall and my my kids when they were little always laughed when I was had my gear scattered out all over the living room getting ready for the new season and uh all of a sudden all these many years later I'm still doing it so uh so it's been a good journey uh it's been fun had again the game of football is so great to be a part of and and it's kind of special when you can get older and older and still be a part of the game
0: yeah for for sure and and I know I know I'm getting getting ready for our season we just had our um our annual get-together um, with our association, we, we go beachside for that and spend a day. We spend a day inside a hotel room while we're beachside, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, but the good I- the idea there is we bring everybody, we bring family, we bring friends. So we spend some time in the classroom, then we go out and enjoy ourselves. So um, we had that. We've got scrimmages coming up this week. We've got our field clinic on this Saturday. Um, and, and I know I called our assigner today. I said, Hey, you said you had some scrimmages. Do you need anybody to officiate him? He's like, you're the first one to call. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's because, because I'm ready to be on that field now. Um, well, and that's,
1: yeah, that's where we're at in North Dakota too. We've all gotten, uh, everybody should be pretty well registered by now. And the clinic, we do our, our rules clinic online. And, uh, so that's available to be online and we'll take the test online here in a couple of weeks. And we've got scrimmages up here too where some teams around come up to Williston and we'll do some scrimmaging on the field. And uh yeah, it's time to get ready and uh that's what's uh, that's why the fall is a good time of the year.
0: For sure, for sure. So um
1: so Ron, let
0: us talk a little bit about um about I think one of the things we that 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 was at the clinic was and 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 something you've you've talked to me about was the 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 thought process into uh, calling a foul. So we we you, you hear the old adage: there's holding on every play. Um, the and and if you've done this long enough, you know that that there are things that you pass by. Um, there there are potential fouls that you see and and you pass on them. Um, you decide, I'm not going to throw a flag on that. And and there are a number of reasons for it. But um, why don't we go a little bit into uh, what you think some of the philosophy is behind. When do you pull that flag out and when do you leave it behind?
1: What, one of the things that, that we try to do in our pregame here, one of the last things we talk about, and this isn't just guys like me that are longer in the tooth and have been around for a while, but we teach this, the first and second year guys just as well as anybody and there's really kind of four criteria that we talk about number one did you see the whole play Mm -hmm. you can't catch her out of the corner of your eye right did you see the whole play that's number one number two was there a foul okay Mm -hmm. that's fair did you see a foul did you see the whole play was there a foul Number three, did it have an impact on the play? In other words, if you've got a sweep to the wide side of the field and there's a hold over here on the left tackle, wait a minute. Maybe there was a foul. Maybe you saw it. Maybe there was a foul. You saw the whole play, there was a foul. But did it have an impact on the play? Not a bit. And number four, would you call it in a state championship game? Basically, meaning. Don't get nitpicky, right? Yeah, and yeah. so if you don't have all four, did you see the whole play? Was there a foul? Did it have an impact on the play? Do you really have to call it in a state championship game? If you don't have all four of those, then keep the flag in your pants. Now, what that does is it gives you time, to process, the beginning, the middle, and the end of the play, right? Now you've got sure. a little – rather than – Ripping and and like uh, going for a quick uh, quick draw, uh, with with your flag on your on your hip, just give yourself a little extra time. Uh, there's a beginning, a middle, and end of the play. You have all four, and it was materially there. Fine. Then take it out and throw your throw your flag. And there's a, there's a couple of exceptions to that. What's what are the two things that in our my in our opinion up here in our group we say. There's two things that you call the first play of the game, right till the last play of the game, no matter what the score is, and that's on sportsmanlike conducts, uh, uh, issues and player safety issues. Right. No matter what score, no matter what the situation in the game, you call those from beginning to end, and um, and I think those those are four good criteria that enable you to think just a little bit before you throw your flag and then you can avoid maybe having to wave one off, you know? Right. And I, I
0: think, I think of those four, the one that, that is the least obvious to those making the transition from being a fan or being a player to being an official is, did you see the whole play? Um, cause, cause I know when I came, when I initially came in, that was one of the things they beat into us. And and I know that there have been many a time that I had my head turned. I heard a collision. I turn, I see somebody on the ground, and I see what looked like a block in the back, just based on where everybody's positioned. But I don't know that it was a block in the back because I didn't actually
1: see the the, the actual impact. Um, well, and, yeah, and part, part of that goes back into your mechanics right. of making sure that the linesman is looking where he should be looking, where mm-hmm. the referee is looking where where the umpire, if everyone is doing their job, someone should have a look at a material part of that play. We can't be ball watchers, and that's right. what a fan does that's right. what a fan does
0: and 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 that's that that that's one of those other things that's hard to to make that transition is. Uh, let's say I'm a I'm a wing official and I've got a running running play coming right at me the running back is not involved he doesn't have he's not in danger at the moment there's nobody within a couple feet of tackling him but where where do the eyes want to go the eyes want to go to the ball carrier um, but he's not doing anything So except running so so it's got to peel off and start looking at the other the, the, the action that's going either around, uh, you know, in front of it or behind it um, based on where everybody's positioned. So uh, it, it's it's retraining those eyes that I, I think is sometimes the hardest thing to do.
1: Well, and like I said, that's true, because let, let's say that you've got a toss sweep to the linesman side the linesman doesn't have to worry about what's happening behind the line because the referee should have that, right? Right, And right. then when the ball carry, you know, so as a linesman, you've got to see that block at your wide out or maybe the tight end. And and uh, the, the umpire might be pivoting and looking at the tackle, you know, seeing what's happening there. And the referee's got the stuff behind the line of scrimmage. Well, then when the runner gets to the line of scrimmage, now the referee is going to release him to the linesman, and you're going to be patient. Don't get happy feet on the sideline. Don't get too far ahead. Don't get ahead of the play. Let the play go in front of you. Open your hips up. Let the play go in front of you. And now you have the ball carrier as you trail him a yard or two or three behind. Come up. He goes down. You square up on the sideline. You come in, and you've got a good spot. And, uh, and that takes patience. And we all get in too big of a hurry.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. That is, that is one of the, uh, one of the things to, to, to work through and and figure out how to get better at. I know one of the things that I I was able to correct during the field clinics that we had was I had the tendency to on runs over uh, up the middle, I had a tendency to overrun the play because I'm in a position on, on the wing where I can't see the ball carrier real well sometimes. So I'm trying to get out ahead so that when he bursts through, I'm not left in the dust. But what was happening was I was getting too far ahead. He's going down and then I'm backtracking two or three yards to come back and get the spot where if I just trail the play, stay behind it, I can come right up to the spot and mark it. And if he busts out of the pack, the back judges is there to help. And me and my fellow wing official can can chase that down the field. Um, with the umpire, I guess, coming along somewhat. But uh, that that was one of those things. It was it was it was a need to hurry in order to look busy. I didn't want to look like I was getting beat. So I, I felt like I needed to get ahead of it. And and it's just one of those patience things to learn is is wait for the play to actually do something before you, you get too far ahead of it.
1: And I, I think one of our guys, uh, Mr. Carl Drude from our high school activities association, used to say, you can hustle, but don't hurry. Right. And there's a difference. There's a difference because hustling means when it's time to get to the play and things like that. That's one thing. But But I don't think as a wing, you should ever want to Get too far ahead of the play, and then have to come back because again that's that means you're not again probably being patient enough, but there's a situation you just said some maybe there's a draw play up the middle, and a guy busts through the initial uh line well at umpire he's probably gonna pivot right right, and he's gonna follow keeping his eyes side to side, following that that runner going busting up the middle of the field both wings will probably be trailing the play you got a back judge back there and remember one of the things we talked about in the clinic was what's the most important thing for the opposite wing let's say that wing has nothing to do on the other side he has his head on a swivel picking up on like conduct and things happening behind the play be a great dead ball official yep. and again too often if we get if we're if we're following the ball carrier and we're getting too excited Now we don't have our head on a swivel picking up those things that we should pick up because when you don't have anything going on in your area, expand your vision a little bit and make sure nothing goofy happens behind the play.
0: And and one, one example that that I did pick up from the camp that I I, I want to put in my tool belt and make sure I've got with me going forward is let's say we've got a, a sweep away. Um, The quarterback's handed the ball off. The ball carrier is well away from the quarterback. So the referee at this point has changed his focus from that quarterback to that ball carrier. That opposite wing, the opposite of where the ball is going, can pick up anything cheap against the quarterback. Um because Absolutely. no longer is the quarterback protected by the referee because the referee's now trailing the you know following the ball carrier, so that that's one that I was not really all that cognizant of and and now I'm like that makes a lot of sense let's let's make sure we're we're watching for that i'm I'm usually looking for odd blocks, but that's one more place I need to have my eyes going
1: is is that direction well and and again, who's usually one of the most he's not maybe all the time, but most of the time your quarterback is someone that nobody wants to see get hurt, right? I mean, either, Mm -hmm. either coach, the quarterback's a pretty important person. And trust me, I have been doing this long enough that there's not a worse feeling than having a crash behind you. Somebody's in a pile, a coach is screaming and you don't have a clue what happened Mm -hmm. because didn't stay with your key or whatever. I mean, there's, there's not a worse feeling in the world than that. And and that's what we try to teach our younger officials that their mechanics are so important. You, you have to look at the book, look at the mechanics manual, key on what you're supposed to key on and train yourself to do that so that we can get you from a first and second year official to get you to be a, a fourth or fifth or sixth year official where you've gotten a lot more expertise. The game has slowed down now. The game is slower, not because the game is really slower, but you're better at mm-hmm. being an official. And, um, and that's why it's important to find a mentor, uh, find someone that'll tell you the truth and how you're doing um, and things like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I the, 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 these examples bring to bring to mind one play we had. Um, I was doing the clock during the play during the later stages of the playoffs last year um, with with one of our crews. I, I was uh, the clock official, so I was in the booth and and what we had was we had a quarterback who went back to pass, scrambled around a bit, decided to run with it, got bumped at the line of scrimmage, so he's kind of stumbling. Um, not, not fully running, but kind of moving forward. He's stumbling for about five yards and sure enough, safety or or linebacker comes up and hits him full force and he's out the rest of the game. So, uh, the, the, obviously the quarterback, the the coach of the quarterback wanted a foul from my position, a hundred yards away in the booth. It looked like he had lowered his shoulder and hit the quarterback high in the chest, but not in the helmet. So everything was there for a legal hit. But we talked about it just a little offline at the clinic this, this weekend. A few of us got together and we had a couple of things going on there. You had a player stumbling. You had a high hit, but not an illegally high hit. So you had potentially a defenseless player um, and a player looking to punish a defenseless player. So I don't I think we could have thrown that flag and defended that flag and I think they I think if we were being evaluated on that play, that's one they'd want us to throw. even though the hit itself was by defi- by most definitions legal, you had what was probably a defenseless player and you had what was probably a player looking to punish. Um, so it, it, it's one of those things where as you said, the quarterback's one of those the ones that everybody wants protected. So um, it was an interesting scenario. I, it, I I know you didn't see the play, but based on the description I've given you, is that a decent amount of criteria to be looking for when we're talking about defenseless players?
1: Oh, I absolutely. I With what you just said there, I know that the people in North Dakota would say, I can back up your flag because you're saying there was a defenseless player and you're thinking about player safety. Everyone True. can agree to that, right? I think yeah. everyone can agree to that because, and of course, we don't have the 14 replays and slow it down frame by frame and things like that. So I would always suggest that if there's, if you err, you err on the side of player safety and throw a flag. That's the one time where you do throw a flag, right? right. Uh, because Again, what do we talk about earlier? Player safety and unsportsmanlike conduct. Those things have to be done because I think I I assume that you caught what I did when we were listening to those NFL guys and major college guys at Sioux Falls. They're all saying that they have to call it, and if they have to call it, then we have to too because we're the basis of all the football that's going to get played in the future. And if we don't call those defenseless player hits. I mean, the ones uh, – I've been doing this long enough. Those are the ones that you know as well as I do that everybody used to ooh and ah and go, here it comes, because you could see it coming, right? Sure. On an interception or a punt or somebody reverses his field, and you could see it coming, and then everybody cheered and hooted and hollered. Well, those are illegal now. Right. And they have to be illegal from a player safety standpoint.
0: Right. And 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 the thing is, I we one of the things we did is being a, a late-round playoff game, There was video of it, of course. So we sat there and we we played it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And from what we could tell, all the components were there for a legal hit, except that it was potentially a defenseless player. So I know if I had been on the field, based on what I saw in the booth, if I saw what what I saw in the booth on the field, I would not have last year thrown a flag because I would have been like, that's a legal hit. But I know, just based on being in the clinic this year, um, some of the discussions we had at our clinic, this our associations clinic this weekend, safety's big. Um, it's always it's been big for the past few years, but you just feel like the knob gets turned up a little bit more each year. Um, that that they're really, really looking to keep it safe, keep it football, but keep it safe. Um, and and I. I it's going to be hard to break that habit of, oh, that was legal, except for the fact that it was really, really hard. Um, and and really, really hard isn't a foul. But we need to be sure that it's not a foul.
1: Well, and again, if someone's coming in that's going to hit somebody really hard if he extends his arms, right? Yep. If he doesn't if he doesn't lower his shoulder, if he doesn't leave his feet, right? Yep. I mean, you can tell if somebody's gonna leave his feet and with an intent to kind of almost become a missile you know well that's easy to call but uh or easier but if he hits that person with his arms extended the 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 uh, force is going to be much less right right it's going to be much less and and uh that's why i think you can say uh and and i think coaches understand this because uh my goodness you just can't be old school on this anymore you have to get with the times and say Yes, it's still football, but we have to make it as safe as we can. You know, this is a collision sport. It's a contact sport. We we get that, but we still have to make it as safe as we can for everyone concerned. For sure. For sure. Well, um want to wrap up here real quick,
0: Ron, let's, let me ask you one question that, that I've started to add as, as I, as I talk to different people. Um, if there was, if there was something that, that you kn- knew when you start officiating, that would have helped you along the way when, when you were inexperienced, what would have been the one thing that would have made that uh, a lot easier, a lot better transition uh, would have made you a better official quicker?
1: You know, I, I was pretty fortunate that that uh that I think the thing that I was able to receive from older officials was their time and their energy and they mentored me when I didn't know what a mentor was, right? Sure. And it's just a young man out of college and uh, okay, I guess I'm going to do some football and they taught me the right way and mentored me And I guess the first thing that I did was somehow I knew I didn't know very much, so I'd better listen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And as I listened and as I gained a little bit more experience, one of the things that I did is I observed a lot of the older officials, or not, not older, more experienced officials, and I picked what I liked. What did Joe do that I really liked? What did Jeremy do that I really liked? And, as I looked at their styles of officiating and how they handled themselves on the field, eventually i I took one thing from him and one thing from him. Oh, I didn't like what he did there, okay, and eventually, my own style developed as I didn't try to imitate any one or two people, but over a period of time, then your own style develops, and I think that's important that you look at the older, more experienced officials, see, observe, and pay attention to how they handled certain things. Ask them the questions because if you're a more experienced official, you should be plumb willing to help any young guy that's out there asking. And and because that's the way we pass along expertise and, and uh, otherwise, you, you don't want to be working for 20 years and have the same one year of experience 20 years in a row. Right. Now you're now you just got twenty one twenty years of one. Right. Whereas you know, every every year we've gotta to try to get better, try to improve, and quite honestly, nobody cares what you or I did last year, right? Yeah. I mean we've got a new season coming up and and they expect us to be good and they expect us to do our job. And um so pay attention to the older referees, older officials, ask them, see how they handle things do your mechanics, you know, I mean, make sure you understand your mechanics of where you're supposed to be looking, because when you're in a good position, you have a much better opportunity to see the play correctly, you know, yeah. and, uh, and above all, have fun. Yes, for Had sure. Some fun. My goodness. <laughs> Football. I mean, you're taking a time away from your family or maybe even your business sometimes, you get paid your few dollars that you get paid. And uh, my goodness, have some fun. Let some people know you're having fun on the field. When I, sometimes when I, it's, a, it's down to nutcracking time at the end of a game and it's close and uh, there's a timeout, I'll get the guys together and I'll look at them at all and say, Jesus, you guys look like you're all constipated for crying out loud. Just relax. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like it's just a football game. We've done this a thousand times before. Relax. Let's have some fun. Let's get it right. And that's the most important thing. Get it right. Get yep. it right. Those guys huddle on TV all the time. If we have to huddle somewheres in Florida or North Dakota to talk something over, it's no big deal. Let's get it right.
0: I could not agree more. Uh, so thank you very much for your, for your time tonight, uh, Ron. Really appreciate you coming on.
1: Well, it's it's been fun. I, I, I would encourage anybody that listens, go to that Sioux Falls camp. It's a great camp. You, you can listen to NFL guys and major college guys. And you can listen to, to uh, those of us that have been doing high school all of our career. And that's fine because uh, you know we should try just as hard and work just as hard as those guys that do Super Bowls. And um, that's what the kids expect from us. And uh, but again, who has more fun than us? Nobody I know.
0: Yep, that, that's absolutely true. And and I, I more than echo your statement about about trying to get out to that uh, Sioux Empire Clinic. It, it was truly great, and I, I really enjoyed my time there. So, well, thank you again, Ron, and uh, have a great evening.
1: All right, thank you, and again, uh, keep it up.
0: Sounds Bye-bye. good. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group Friday Night Stripes or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'em Down by Flash Fluarty, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.